0: The one with Bridget and Petra, so Bridget? Ben asked casually. We were in a brief pause while I went through some notes. I was dungeon mastering our usual Sunday deed session. With only a month to go until graduation, less really, I had been putting in extra effort to make our final adventures together special, or at least less pedestrian than my usual story, leading efforts. How was your date with Danny last night? Adam and Trez slid their eyes toward each other, Talking about our social lives, especially Bridget's social life, was usually avoided. You would expect that, since our group formed as four less than social butterflies and a weird but attractive girl. Things had changed in that department, of course, but in our group, even those of us aware of that fact acted as if we did not. Bridget looked up in surprise at Ben's gambit, but then her eyes narrowed. Oh, Bridget was about to fuck with us. Eh, hey, it was okay. We all agree the movie was great, right? But after, he and I hung out and. I just wasn't feeling it in the end. Too bad, I guess, said Trest. Oh, there was a little hand to hand combat, if you know what I mean, Bridget went on airily, waving an open fist around absently, as if it was not a very suggestive gesture. But I don't see it going anywhere. Adam and Trest just gawked silently. I gawked for different reasons. She had never teased the other guys before. Or was she teasing me? Ben outright laughed. And here I thought things looked like they were going better than that. Bridget just shrugged. We date to try people on. Danny doesn't fit. Speaking of trying people on, Ben, how did your date with Beth go? She asked, turning the tables. If Adam and Trez had gawked before, they both about freaked now. Holy shit, dude, you went out with Beth, Adam almost shouted. Trey actually hit me in the arm, dude. Did you not know this? I had an idea it was coming, I said with a grin at Bridget. How was it, Ben? But Adam wasn't done being amazed. Ben, that girl is out of your league. She is easily the hottest girl you've ever been in the same room with, ahem, said Bridget. Adam was like a deer in the headlights at that. I almost died, both from laughter and shock. Like I said, we never talked anything, um, biological during guard, not since Bridget joined the group. And here was Bridget, deliberately upsetting that apple cart in so many delicious ways. What? Oh, Bridget, Adam said in acute embarrassment. The best part was, the way Bridget always, always dressed, Adam could have had no more than an inkling at most that Bridget, a girl with whom he had been spending hours every week, was at least equally hot as Beth. I certainly knew, intimately, what Bridget was packing away under those baggy clothes, but none of the guys knew that I had any such knowledge either. Look, Bridget, I didn't mean... babbled Adam, suddenly afraid Bridget would think that he was flirting with her. Look, Beth just has such a nice... ah. Uh, I'm going to die now. God, it was fun watching someone besides me absolutely panic in embarrassment. Bridget, because she is awesome. Let him off the hook, sort of. Yeah, she sighed. Adam was just glad to have someone else talk, but Trez and Ben were agog again. They both certainly knew that in addition to Danny and other guys, Bridget had gone out with a girl named Petra a couple of times. I just wanted to stand up and give Bridget the Citizen Kane clap. It had been a masterclass in fucking with all of us. Even me, However, I also wanted answers. I had not talked to Beth yet. So, how was the date, Ben? I prompted. Ben opened his mouth automatically, then shut it for a moment, considering his reply. Good man, Ben. While I had learned that secrets, though a little fun could be a lot dangerous, I also believed in discretion. If an individual needed to know, they needed to know. If they didn't, they didn't. Adam and Trez didn't. Bridget technically didn't. And as far as Ben knew, I didn't really either. It was awesome, he said at last. We had so much fun. She is so funny, and she laughed at all my jokes. She laughed at all my jokes, Bridget asked dryly. Congratulations, Ben. She must really like you. I guess maybe she does, Ben said a little proudly. Good for you, I said, sincerely happy for him, but weirdly more happy for myself, having at least one of my partners doing. Whatever Beth had done and was going to do with Ben did a lot to damp down my nascent feeling of being a total, as opposed to run-of-the-mill, cad for having sex with multiple girls and yet chasing after more. So I need not continue to monitor the Danny situation, I asked Bridget almost disappointedly. You never needed to monitor my situation with Danny, Bridget said tartly, but with hidden reassurance. Then she smiled evilly, but you guys might want to ask me about Petra next week. My three dudes about choked on their tongues. I almost gagged myself. "'Hey, Alistair,' said Rebecca Dean as she passed me in the hall near the mailboxes. I waved in reply as we passed each other. A few yards later, Joe Silverman and Franny Todd both waved and said hello. Joe even asked, "'Did you have an app this morning?' Kem, I said, stopping while we talked. "'How about you guys?' Joe just shook her head. Franny said, Chinese said, Chinese language. Then she added something in what was probably Mandarin that from her tone sounded like, and I kicked its ass. Rock on, I said, and offered a fist bump, which Franny returned. I shook my head as we parted. The prior five minutes illustrated how much the me of today would be an alien creature to the me of even early March. None of the girls I had just interacted with had any reason to know how much had happened to me, but I had clearly somehow changed. Through the winter, all three of those girls would have, and often did, look right through me like I was a clear pane of glass. Now, confidence does amazing things for your appearance, I guess. And I had that now. In spades, nothing else had changed. As far as people knew, Alistair, I heard a voice behind me. I turned to see Mrs. Green, about fifteen feet behind me. I dutifully turned and walked back to the young biology teacher. Yes, ma'am? I asked, trying very hard not to check the rookie instructor out. Cripes, was she hot? I am told that you know a bit about the recording studio, she said with a teacherly smile. I jumped. Why was she asking about the studio? Did she know something? Did the faculty at large? I? Ah, uh, I mostly know about cleaning it up and resetting the equipment. Why do you ask? I said carefully. I made the mistake of talking about podcasts to the headmaster, she said wryly. Now, for my sins, I am responsible for an official school podcast for parents and alumni. I am hoping that you could show me how the equipment works. Yes, considering what or more to point who I mostly did in the recording space, the last thing I needed was to have to spend time in there with Miss Green. I'd be horny every moment, something I have a much harder time than average concealing. I could probably help, I said with a smile, but I could give you at least five juniors who regularly use the equipment to actually record and who could use a cool extracurricular like that. Oh, and a jaded old short-timer like you has better things to do, she laughed. Okay, thank you. With relief, I sicked her on four juniors who mostly did voice work, I knew them off the top of my head because I kept a very close eye on who, and especially when the recording facility was spoken for. Fortunately, the recording studio was unused that evening, after one of our few remaining track practices. Both Bridget and I had had our hardest app exams that afternoon, and we had repaired to the studio to lock the door and fuck away the stress. Guys, I cannot recommend enough the idea of absolutely ploughing your seriously hot, very close friend as a way to get through exams. Step 1. Get yourself a very close friend who likes sex and has a banging body. No sooner had the door to the studio closed quietly behind us than Bridget had pulled me to the floor in the middle of the room and rolled over on top of me. I pulled her head down against mine and we kissed hard. Our tongues practically fought with each other, and we each gasped for breath. Then Bridget actually bit my lip, hard enough to make me say, Ow! She ignored my protest, and just throatily demanded, Fuck me. Now. Well, hey now, I chuckled. I am pent up and frustrated about. Everything, Bridget growled in a gruff voice, that I felt was supposed to be my skick, and that weak-ass end-of-season practice today was too little to burn off my anxiety over that test this morning. I really don't think I did well enough on it. Now fuck me, for play later, well, I too was worn. Us out over apps, and I still had two more to go later in the week. My own worries were centred not on that morning's test, but my next outing. Moreover, this delicious girl was demanding I fuck her, and it would have been a shame to let her down. Now wouldn't it? I wordlessly just grabbed her running shorts and yanked them down over her generous supple ass underwear too she writhed atop me as we worked in concert to get them far enough down her legs for her to kick them free moments later she had tugged my own shorts and jock down about a third of the way down my thighs that seemed to be enough for her bridget knelt over my hips grabbing my cock and tilting it upward running my helmet back and forth along her slit. She was wet, already, before she started, and she got wetter fast. In moments she was sinking down atop me, my cock engulfed by her firm embrace. I am used to a blowjob and a bout or two of cunnilingus, between us, before Bridget and I get to actual intercourse, if we get there at all. Sometimes the oral is just too good. This night she was wet, but not wet like I usually had her, and it was an excruciatingly good feeling, my cock having to fight its way inside her, even though she was doing all the work. I grabbed her shirt tails and pulled upward, forcing her to lean forward so I could pull the top free. She immediately straightened up and began to rise and fall atop me, dragging my cock out and back into her. Oh man, was this good that evening! Her heavy, constraining sports bra was still on, but she grabbed it under the front with crossed arms and tugged it up and off, letting her fantastic breasts tumble free. I love, love, love those boobs. She looked especially turned on. The little ring of goosebumps that sometimes formed around the perimeter of her aureoles were in full, eager flower that night. It was a fantastic fuck- a short one, but fantastic. When I finally came, I thought I was going to blast her off above me, from the force of my explosion, her own sweet release following swiftly upon mine. Of all my friends, Bridget was the only one with whom I ever cuddled after, and even that was rare. My track girls and I liked to talk, and we liked to talk, and we liked to fuck, We just seldom felt the need to do both at the same time. But that evening, the sex had been more about blowing off steam and getting our heads right than about the sex itself. In the aftermath, Bridget just lay on top of me, still impaled on my cock. I softened after that titanic ejaculation, but not by that much. I still had naked Bridget weighing down on my chest after all, and she was being careful not to dislodge me from inside her. When strength flowed back into her limbs, she pushed herself up over me on her arms, still carefully. This had the excellent effect of giving me a nice view of her beautiful tits dangling right over me. I was distracted by them when Bridget asked calmly, So, how is boning Poppy? What? I said, taken aback. I'm not boning Poppy. Where did this come from? I tried covering my yelp of confusion with humour. Bridget always could keep me off balance. I mean, I still might try, but I have not. She just grinned in triumph. Gotcha, you fucked Jen. What? Wait, I didn't say that. I didn't say anything like that, I protested. You told Carla that you had a date with Jen. I said I had a date with Jen. I said I had a date. I didn't say with who. Furthermore, I didn't say that I had fucked her, I protested. I regretted that Bridget, and inevitably now the others, knew for certain it was Jen specifically that I had hooked up with, but otherwise I was starting to enjoy this. You! Fuck everyone, Alistair. You're like some kind of irresistible sex force. Bridget punctuated that last comment with a tight squeeze of my softened cock inside her. That did nothing to preserve the softness. Oh, I am, am I? I chortled illustrating her point by toying with one of her dangling parabolas. "'I'll have you know that as of the time of my conversation with Carla, Jen and I, had already been alone together, and we had not, in fact, had actual intercourse.' "'You?' "'You got with a girl and failed to close the deal?' Bridget said teasingly. "'What happened? It was a very precarious location.' "'As it was, we still almost got busted by Mrs. Green,' Bridget laughed. "'How close?' We had Jen zipped up less than thirty seconds before we ran into her. Bridget laughed again. You must have about shit yourselves. Still, you had nothing to worry about. Knowing you, if Mrs. Green caught you, she'd have just joined in. Okay, that scenario had not occurred to my otherwise fertile imagination. Now that it had. Crap! Oh ho, Bridget taunted me. You like that idea. Well... "'I can hardly deny it, with the evidence growing inside of you,' I muttered in embarrassment. "'You are a force of nature, Alistair,' Bridget said in amusement, "'But you aren't that big of a force of nature.' "'Aren't I?' I growled, pushing upward to seat myself fully within her again. But I wasn't ready for a second round, and from her reaction, neither was Bridget. "'Yether, I still wish I hadn't let you figure out who it was,' I said, somewhat more seriously. "'That wasn't my secret to tell.' "'She knows she's not the only one?' Bridget asked seriously. "'I made it clear,' I said. "'But not who. "'I give her a week before she figures out at least one, if not all, of us. "'Still,' I fretted, "'though none of this fretting was doing anything to return my erection to softness. "'It feels unbalanced. "'At least I don't have to look out for any disclosures about Danny.' "'Did you really jack him off?' Bridget sighed. "'He's a nice guy.' and handsome in a very different way from you. I'd really have liked it to work out so there was a little courtesy third base, just to be sure there wasn't a spark. I shook my head in amusement. I then idly pushed myself back up into her again, more to distract her than to get us going again. I needed a moment to consider whether I really wanted to bring up my really wanted to bring up my real curiosity or not. Bridget idly squeezed down in response. So, How about Petra? I asked, with all the idleness that I could summon. Bridget froze, not in alarm or hostility, but in uncertainty. You know, even Carla and Beth don't ask about her. Really, I just thought you guys saved that for when I wasn't around. Nope. Gonna pry some more? No, I said quickly, then after half a beat. But yeah, maybe, a little. Oh, you are, are you? Bridget challenged, a bit more unreadable than she usually is for me. There is the full disclosure policy, you know, I said a little irritably. I had started down this path, and she was making it stranger than necessary already. I mean, I was up front that I had a new, uh, playmate, and you even schemed to find out who. I kind of feel like, oh, so am I a playmate too, grinned Bridget. I looked at her naked body on top of me. No, you are a friend. But you are a friend. But you are certainly playmate material. That earned me another squeezes or two. Then she sighed and relaxed. Look, I haven't said much about Petra, because I'm still trying to figure it out myself. I should tell you that so is she. There is definitely a sexual component. I like it, but I don't know how ongoing it is or will be. It is confusing, and it is confusing for her too. Is that enough disclosure? Actually, now that I thought about it, some explicit tales of lesbian sex might not have gone amiss. But as I've said, I'm a pig. I just nodded. Bridget started to rise up and down on me, just a little, but with a definite feel of warming up again. I started to toy with her breasts with both hands, happy for the awkwardness to pass. She does know about you, Bridget added, not pausing in her slow rise and fall. What? I almost yelped. Hey, Bridget replied, a little defensively. You told Jen about me, about us. I shouldn't tell Petra that I have other activities. Yeah, but you told her it was me specifically. I thought back to my conversation with Petra in the hall a few days earlier. She kind of suspected somehow, Bridget said, slowing but not stopping fucking me. Then, after you fucking cornered her in the corridors, she confronted me. I fessed up. I did not corner her, I objected. She felt like it. Fuck. I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean to upset her. That intensity of yours can be unnerving, Alistair, Beth said, looking into my eyes. I just, you know, wanted to take her measure, I said, a little upset at myself. I mean, come on. You are important to me, Bridget. You are one of the strongest people I know. But you just said you are confused about being with a lesbian. You could be hurt by it. I just wanted to try to gauge if I should worry about that. Bridget just continued to slowly ride me in silence. For the record, she seems nice, though I finished that conversation confused myself, I added. Just understand, Bridget said. The whole situation is complex. She doesn't know what to think, exactly like the rest of us. I can't say that she even is a lesbian, for sure. She fretted, as if debating whether to say more. "'I am sure of one thing,' she finally said. "'What?' I asked. This, she replied, and began to seriously hump and down on that one thing. The next day was our second-to-last track meet of the year. Second-to-last of my life, in fact. I sure as hell would not be running competitively at Usk. While I usually took the long walk back after practices and meets with Carla, Beth, and Bridget we usually went up before practice separately, as our classes all let out at different times on different days. What can I say? I'm greedy. And cocky. But most importantly, greedy. Since things had gone to so well, swimmingly in fact, with Jen, I found myself thinking about Poppy a lot more seriously. She was the number two, maybe one and a half, on our girls' varsity tennis team and while the courts were not really on the way up to the track, they were sort of, um, adjacent to the way up. Because there are only so many courts, the matches and practices for all the teams are scheduled all over the place. Today, the girls' varsity had the early match. I left for the track way early, already dressed in my uniform, so I could stop and get in a good 20-30 minutes cheering for Poppy. I mean the team. But mostly... I wanted Poppy to see me there, cheering. They had still already started playing when I reached the tennis centre, which made it strange that Poppy was standing on the sidelines as I approached, watching courts four and five of the singles. As I got close, I took a moment to admire her ass in that short skirt. Then I realised that she wasn't wearing the uniform. Was she hurt? Hey Poppy, I said, as I came up behind her. Why aren't you in the lineup? Is something wrong? She turned around and looked at me with a smile. Well, that was certainly flattering, she said. It wasn't Poppy, it was her mom. Fuck, fuck. Fuck. I think I was red as my uniform from head to toe. She laughed. Oh gosh, I'm sorry, Mrs. Fields, I stammered from behind. I mean, your hair looks just like Poppy's. I, I shut up. The first rule of holes is, when you find yourself in one, stop fucking digging. I should wear my tennis clothes more often, she said dryly. But it is Miss Manning, not Fields. What? Did Poppy's mom use her maiden name? Or had Poppy's parents gotten fucking divorced and I hadn't heard? I for sure was not going to ask those questions. See the first rule of holes. How is the match going? I asked, seeking safer ground. "'We lost the first set on one and five, she said instantly, with a sigh. "'All the other courts are still in the first. She looked sideways at me. "'Poppy is up a break on two. I might have flushed a little, but didn't comment. It's cool to see you paying attention to the whole match, not just your daughter's court.' She looked at me. "'You didn't hear. Mrs. Raleigh has tennis elbow so bad that she can't even feed balls to the team.' The school asked me to fill in as coach for the few matches left, since I have a background. Oh, I asked, did you play in college or something? I could not help but think to myself that she looked like she had played in college. Hell, she looked like she could play in college now. I never went to college. Now, I never went to college, she replied easily, which, given the world of college is everything that I lived in, shocked me a little. She smirked a bit, I was too busy for a couple years, trying to make it on the tour, she added blandly. No shit, I blurted out. Sorry. I mean, how come I don't remember seeing you play? Mrs. Fields, I mean Miss Manning, laughed again. She laughed a lot, it seemed, at least she seemed to laugh a lot at me. Because I rose to my dizzying peak of number 132 in the world, two years before you were born, at aged 17, and the only televised match I ever played was my one wild card at the US Open, where I got double, bageled by Steffi Graf, in the first round. You played Steffi Graf? I asked, my mind boggled. I thought so, I'm not sure she did, she snorted. How was it? Quick, just like, she said. It was quick. I didn't believe it, but it sure sounded like I had just heard the bus thumping over Poppy's dad. A few cheers from spectators floated our way from the upper courts. I should go watch the top courts too, Mrs. Fye, Mrs. Manning said. My daughter is up there. With that, she turned and walked up to the next row of courts. I followed. I had stopped by to see Poppy, and to be seen by her seeing her, but I was very content to let her mother take the lead on the way over to the next courts, if you know what I mean. During the meet... I was entered in the 1500 meter and the 3000, the two longest races in high school track and field. As an underclassman, I used to be routinely expected to do the triple, which also included the 800 meter. Coach Parvis had only done that to me once as a senior, fortunately. I hated it every time he made me do it over the years. I was almost too tired to bang Carla's brains out that night. Almost. I ran my guts out and finished a solid four seconds behind Donovan in the 1500 to start the meet, nearly beating Rick, which actually had me almost dancing. In the 3000 at the end, I was seven seconds off the end. I was seven seconds off Donovan's pace. Again. Fuck Donovan. Bridget won the 3000 meter girls race, of course. At least she had to work to win that race. She had won the 1500 going away. After the 3,000, I wandered over to her where she stood, bent over on the infield, hands braced on her knees and trying to catch her breath. "'Nice fucking time,' I said as I approached her. She looked up at me, and I offered a fist to bump. "'We banged knuckles. Not enough,' she said. "'I need another second or two if I want to be sure to be in the top heat at the New Englands. At least you are going,' I said. "'I would not qualify in any event.' For the school to let an athlete go, they had to have run a minimum qualifying time three times in the season. With one meet left, I could not do that in any event. And I still have not won a race, I added glumly. Yeah, Bridget panted, finally straightening up and stretching out her back. I'm sorry about that. My fault, I asked in shock, I asked in shock, I asked in shock. Yeah, I forgot to bet you that you couldn't do it, she grinned. Starting to walk back to the back stretch where we always watched the jivey distance races together. Bridget, I said as we walked, keeping my voice low as athletes walked by all around us. I appreciate the offer, but honestly, I've already seen the best tits at the second best breasts at the second bests at school, so that incentive is kind of played. Second best, Bridget asked archly. I have not seen Sarah Erickson's. And since I value my life, I'm never going to, I said, referencing Sarah's enormous boyfriend. I danced out of the way of the inevitable poke in the ribs, but Bridget just took two strides and said, Yeah, those are some awesome tits. Saturday was it. Our last meet as seniors. Beth had, for her, a very mediocre meet. She anchored the Forksone 100 relay team to a win in the first event but then took second in the 100, 200, and 400 and 400 meters. Ben was there and cheering for her like a little girl the whole time. Carla won the high jump with a personal best and placed in her other event, the javelin, for the first time in her career. She was so excited I actually kissed her on the lips, if only briefly. No one caught it, as for me. Bridget walked up to me before the forks 100 relays, which started the meet. We always watched over by the start of the second leg, because that is where the 1500 would start immediately after. So, about our bet, Taylor, Bridget said idly. I'll take the bet, because any day I see your boobs is a good day. But I'm not going to get a win today, just like every other day. Even your amazing rack is not enough motivation to make me do what I cannot do. I'm going to run my races and hold my head high. Yeah, Bridget drawled. I figured that my breasts weren't high enough stakes to get you over the top. Loser. So I spent since Wednesday coming up with a bet to make you exceed your abilities. I looked at her. At least this should be entertaining. Here's the bet, Bridget said. If you do not win a race today... You take me wherever you ate out Jen and almost got busted, and you will do the same to me. My eyes boggled at that. Considering that I would lose the bet if I took it, this was on balance, not an incentive. I mean, I loved eating Bridget's pussy. And the whole almost getting caught thing was a giant rush, but for all I knew, the person to actually catch us would be Dr. Felton, not Miss. Before I could even shake my head, Bridget went on. But if you win so much as one race today, I will make sure you get that threesome you've been begging for. Well now, who did you get to buy in? I asked almost cautiously. Beth or Carla? Neither, Bridget grinned. I couldn't get them to agree to do it, either with me or with each other. The bitches, my eyes narrowed. You aren't trying to maneuver me into that idea of Beth's to bring in Ben. And yes she offered again. I shuddered. Like I said, Bridget continued, a threesome. How'd you like to have go with me, and Petra? I just looked at her. No, I breathed, wanting to believe. She just nodded archly, yes. But only if you win a race, loser. Otherwise you lick me off in the middle of the quad, or wherever it was, you and Jen pulled off that stunt. Deal, let's be real. I was never going to turn down this bet but I did think about it a good long while. Explaining to my mother about getting busted for being caught licking the twat of that sweet Bridget girl did not appeal. Deal, I said. If you are sure you can deliver. Bridget shoved me not so gently. Run fast or lick hard, Alistair. It's up to you. I beat Rick in the 1500, but Donovan was also entered, and he held me off at the finish. Fucking fuck Donovan. I knew I was done. The losing wager was nothing too shabby, but I had wanted this shit. Donovan was mercifully not in the 800, but that was his worst event anyway. It was me versus Rick, the goddamned son of a bitch, was the only thing standing between me and a threesome. I'd never beaten him, but the time was now. The thing is, I'm a stronger distance runner than Rick. I just am, but he is a lot faster than I. "'The 800 is a race that can't decide "'if it is a distance event or a sprint. "'If it ended up as a sprint today, Rick would win. "'If it decided to be a distance event, "'then I would have two hot girls all over each other and me.' "'At the gun, Rick went out like a flash, and I almost grinned. "'If he went out too hard, "'he might not have his usual kick at the end of the race "'that almost always made the difference. "'I just pushed hard myself.' trying to stay in range. The 800 hurts, but all I had to do was endure that pain for 120-ish seconds and my currently charmed existence would reach new heights. I didn't let Rick get away. I stayed close enough on his heels for him to hear me the whole race, wearing on his nerves. Coming off the last turn, my very eyes were burning, and the rest of me felt like hot coals. I pushed somehow. I pulled even with Rick. I felt him lean in for a final sprint. And he didn't have it. I pulled a step ahead, then a full stride. He faltered, and I had him. A second wind descended on me, which is not a thing in the 800, and I ran free and easy for the finish line. And then this short little shit, sophomore from the shit little school we were crushing, that day, just flew past me with 15 shitty yards to go, breaking the tape ahead of me, That was supposed to be my tape. I had not won. I ran hard past the finish, as I has always been taught, not coming to a stop until twenty yards past the finish line. I put my hands on my hips and let my head droop, walking in circles. Fuck, dude. I'm sorry. I didn't mean... Bridget began, having appeared out of nowhere. I just raised a hand to silence her, head still bowed. I closed my eyes. I had been so close. My track career was over, and I had never won a race. Had it not been for three quarters of a second, the last three quarters of a second of my athletic life, I would have won, and I would have had a chance at a threesome. Instead, I reflected that I had at least an hour more of the meat to cheer on my teammates and friends while I died inside. At least an hour. I looked up at Bridget. Seriously, Al, she said almost wringing her hands. I didn't. I mean, I think we should. Stop, I said. Really, stop. Excuse me. And I walked away from her. Over by the finish line, Coach Parvis, my distance and cross-country coach for four years was taking to the track head coach, Mr. Hendricks. Mr. Parvis had also taught me two years of German, and was very generous in preserving my par. ''Mr. Taylor,'' he said in his strangely whiny growl, ''you have had a good run. I'm proud of you. Are you? Enter me in the three thousand, I said. ''Both of them just looked at me. You have bitched at me like a granny who lost her dentures for four years whenever I asked you to run the triple,'' Parvis observed. ''Now, you really want to run one today. In this heat, I have one more chance to win a race. I'd like to take it,'' I said. I did not explain my motivations. Mr. Hendricks would not have approved. Had Parvis been by himself, I might have told him just to blow his mind. Donovan hates the heat, I observed. Parvis snorted. How about you let him know I said that about him when you tell him you are putting me in the race with him? I asked my coach. You could even tell him that I don't plan to pass him until the last half a lap. Coach Parvis was all about the mind game. He had spent four years teaching me and my teammates about how to beat opponents with our brains as much as our legs. I had never won a race, but I had beaten a lot of individual runners who were better than me with gamesmanship that he had taught me. I loved his ideas and his stratagems. I am pretty sure that a lot of the success I had off the track that spring had been aided by what he had taught me on it. He just looked at me, then said to Mr. Hendricks put him on the list. Then he whistled tunelessly as he wandered off in the direction of Donovan. Mr. Hendricks laughed at me. I don't know what has gotten into you this spring, Al, but I like it. You were always a stubborn little cuss, but this year you have gotten aggressive. I may have all my athletes change their names, Alistair. Donovan was giving me the side eye at the start of the 3000. Just the way I wanted it, I gave him the full frontal eye, daring him to worry about me. Please understand, Donovan is a better runner than me. A much better athlete overall. But he had nothing to prove that particular day, and I sure as fuck did. He was already going to the New Englands, barely, while I was not, deservedly. And he really did hate the heat. If I could just push him at the end of the race, there was a chance that he would just give up on a hot day where he had nothing at stake. The gun went off, and the two of us took the immediate lead. I had taken a quick look around at the start, just to make sure that little shit from the 800 wasn't in this race too. He was not. I settled in a half-stride back from Donovan, over his right shoulder, exactly where he couldn't see me in his peripheral vision, without obviously turning his head, and I stuck to him there, like grim death for six laps. After four of them, I was seriously questioning my life decisions. I had forgotten in the heat of my decision that I also hate the heat. The 800 may only be a short race, but I had run it that day, and Donovan had not. Bridget had actually blushed when I had walked back to her and told her I had asked in to the 3000. Now, as I approached the start line out on the back stretch for the fourth time around, she was standing, arms folded under her boobs, right next to the track. As I grumpily slogged by in Donovan's wake, I heard her sing quietly. Three is a magic number. I was still slogging, but I wasn't grumpy anymore. We ground around the turn and onto the home straight away with two laps remaining. Then I heard a clear voice call out. Come on, Alistair. I didn't recognize it. And it came from the bleachers, not the inside of the track, where most teammates cheered from. I glanced up. Petra was standing on the lowest bench, pumping her fist at me. Well, well, well. Things got a little more real, more confusing, but more real. Donovan shot another look over his shoulder at me. I had not moved an inch relative to him for three laps. We came off the first turn and hit the back straight away. Donovan checked me again. He was checking on me a lot. I didn't look behind myself at all, I just listened for footsteps, like Donovan should have been doing, and could tell there was no one anywhere close to us. It was him and me. I had told Coach Parvis that I would take D on the last turn. But it occurred to me that if I let him have the lead that long, he'd probably just decide to push through the pain and win the race. If he wanted to win this race, he would. It was that simple. I had to convince him it wasn't worth it. The idiot checked me again after only 50 meters. When he turned his head back forward, secure in the knowledge that his personal barnacle was going nowhere, I immediately passed him. I didn't speed up a little. I hit a full sprint as lightly on my feet as possible. His ears didn't register my increased pace until I slid past him, and by the time he fully realized what was happening and tried to pick up his own pace, in response, I had a full stride on him, and slid in onto the curb in front of him. I immediately slowed back to our original pace. He closed half the distance, but didn't want to swing out around to pass me back while we were on the turn. As we hit the curve, I pushed a tiny bit, and when we came off onto the second to last run down front straight, I knew he was looking up to see I was somehow astride, and a half in front. All I had to do was keep my form on this straightaway, make to believe I wasn't going to pack it in, And he might give up. That was my chance. Come on, Alistair, I heard again. I turned my head to Petra and waved. I fucking waved in the middle of a race. I instantly knew it was a dumb move. It would probably piss off Donovan. I didn't want him mad, but Petra was a sight for sore eyes, and a thought for a sore brain. Lots of thoughts. I thought about drowning in a sea of mammalian flesh. I thought about harmonized moans of pleasure. I thought about maybe even two mouths on my cock at the same time. What I no longer thought about was pain or fatigue. Go, go, I suddenly heard from Bridget, who was standing at the back curve, 170 meters from Paradise. You've got him. I had coasted through half a lap, almost effortlessly, and I was still in the lead, and D was still behind me. In the middle of the turn, I risked a quick glance over my inside shoulder and picked him up. He was only four metres behind me. He wasn't giving up, shit. But I also caught sight of Bridget sprinting across the football field, inside the track, toward the finish line. She should not have been doing that. As soon as my race was over, she had to run hers. But it made me really, really want her to meet me. And not goddamn Donovan. They're first at the finish line, and Petra was actually jumping up and down. That was extra motivational. She might not seem to have the boobs that Bridget did, but she didn't strap hers down either, and they moved exquisitely. It was just a momentary flash of a picture, but it certainly added to my motivational puzzle palace. Donovan kicked, and so did I. Bridget just slapped my ass in glee as I gasped for air, then jogged off jauntily across the field to the starting line for her own three thousand meters of hell. Beth? almost tackled me and gave me such a big enthusiastic hug. I'm pretty sure we were both a whisker from just flat, out kissing so hard we would be making out in front of everyone. That would have been legendary, but suboptimal. Fortunately, we kept it together and simply hugged exuberantly. When she stepped away, Coach Parvis leaned into me. How's that, Taylor? Win a race, get a hug from a pretty girl. Things are looking up for you. Yes, yes, they were, maybe. I walked down the straightaway toward the high jump pit. Carla was at that moment taking her second shot at that personal best. I already told you that she was going to make, but I was really aiming for Petra. She was still on the first row on the bleachers, waiting for Bridget to run her last race in high school. Hey, Alistair, Petra said, a little subdued as I approached. Thanks, I said cheerily. I feel like I'm on top of the world right now. I'll bet you do she said in that same suddenly quiet voice. I looked at her calmly. "'Hey, listen, why don't you come around with my to the far turn? It is where Bridget and I always watch the distance races, especially when each other is running. Why?' Petra asked, suddenly a little engaged. "'I'll barely be able to see the finish from over there.' "'True,' I replied. "'But the far side can get lonely during a long race. That's where Bridget needs to hear your voice.' My voice. Friends' voices. Or coaches. Or both, I said. Bridget doesn't need the support like I always do. She's a better competitor. But even she can get lonely over there when no one hangs out and cheers. That's why I'm heading that way, to keep her legs from getting heavy. Motivation is a powerful thing, Petra said slowly. It sure is, I replied, not looking at her, but leading the way. I traded high, fives with Carla as we passed the high jump. She still had one attempt left, and was waiting while they reset the bar she had just knocked off. Petra and I continued on around the outside of the curve. She was silent as we walked. We stopped about twenty metres past the starting line, which for the three thousand was right, before the second curve. We got there just as the starter was lining them up. It was a big field. The other school had three girls entered, Since it was the last meet of the year, our girl's coach had entered every runner she had who was eligible. That meant seven runners total, including Giselle Royce, a little blonde freshman who had never run a 3,000 in her life and looked like she was going to throw up. If she ran a good race, she probably would when she was done. The gun went up and off they went. Petra and I screamed encouragement at everybody as they leapt from the line. When the racers curved off around the turn, and the starter wandered back toward the finish, I led Petra a little further down the back, straight away, to where I like to stand for races, only on the outside of the track, this time, instead of inside, since Petra was not allowed on the infield. Motivation, Petra said quietly. I feel like I'm a prize all of a sudden. It's an interesting feeling. If you like that feeling, great, I said, in a low but firm voice. But if you don't, then that's good too, because you are sure as hell not a prize. Not mine at any rate. Whatever Bridget and her scheme say, you are not going to start or do a fucking thing you don't actively want to. She looked at me. I shrugged. A bet's a bet, she said softly. Not for these kind of stakes, I said flatly. Then I turned to her and looked her in the eyes with just a little of the outright anticipation I harbored showing through. For these stakes, a bet's an excuse. That got a blush. I liked that. As the runners came around the first time, they were all still in a single, strung-out group. Bridget was in second. She and several of the other runners looked at their own watches to check their pace. I called out some basic encouragement to Bridget, who was running in second behind a fast-looking girl from the other team who wore thick-framed glasses and shorts. That were pleasingly a size too small. I stepped onto the track a little to get closer to Giselle when she came along in next to last. You are running a good race, Giselle, I said in calm tones. You are right on your pace. You are right on your pace. Just watch your form and chew up a couple of laps here. I stepped back off the track and Petra asked me, What are you, a coach? How do you know what everybody's pace is supposed to be? I laughed. I haven't the faintest fucking idea of what her pace should be, or whether she is anywhere near it. She just needs to think that she knows what she is doing. This is her first race at this distance. For her, it is about surviving today, not doing well. You do understand motivation, then, she said softly, with a slight smile this time. I do, I said with a shrug. I took a deep breath. I thought about what I was going to say next, which in these situations was kind of a rarity but I do try to learn. I trusted Bridget's judgment that this could possibly work out, but did I trust it only because I really just wanted to trust it? I mean, Petra was very attractive. Her body was nicely curved, mostly because she had such a narrow waist. Her hips and arse were always nice to look at in the dark blue jeans she normally wore, and her breasts distorted the school logo on the front of the t-shirt she currently wore in all sorts of lovely ways. But it was the narrowness of her waist, rather than big size above or below, that gave her the hourglass shape. Maybe more an egg-timer shape than an hourglass, a really hot egg-timer. Every girl I'd been with was capable of acts of lunacy, or they would not have ended up with me, but was Petra crazy enough to try being with a dude for Bridget. I decided it was best to throw away my filters and let her see the me I wanted to let out. Better for the tall, aggressively heterosexual male to scare her off now than for it to happen in the middle of things. If we started, then aborted, that might kill me. I do understand motivation, I said again. The time I ran to win that race today, even having run two races earlier, was eleven seconds better than my personal best. That's crazy but today, especially once I took the lead, I had motivation. I looked down at her. I, for once, wasn't thinking about how tired I was toward the end of the race, because my mind was completely preoccupied. I was thinking, enthusiastically, about just burying my face between your legs, and making you sigh, then moan, then groan, then flat-out shriek with pleasure, and then keeping undoing it. Petra's eyes widened in shock, but I held her gaze. And the idea of Bridget down below my waist, sucking my cock while I make you writhe an orgasm, that just made me hungry, hungry to win that race, hungry for what might come after. I turned away briefly, then looked at her again. But Petra, if you are even entertaining the thought of letting me play along with you and Bridget because you feel like you have to, or even simply ought to, just because I won a stupid bet, do... Not, her eyes, if possible, widened even more. And, I went on, getting it all out. I can imagine how you might. That's bullshit. I cannot even begin to imagine how you would feel, doing things with a guy. I can only promise that I'll be as sensitive as I can to any limits you want. No means no, and are not sure means no. I didn't add, I promise, or I swear. I let my voice do that. Before Petra could reply, or even react, we both heard footsteps and realised that the runners were around again already. Bridget was still in second, running smooth as silk. Her eyes were on us, and I sensed she had been watching us talk as she approached. We both called out encouragement to her. She just raised an eyebrow at me and winked at Petra. Then she and those sweet legs of hers swung on around the track. Come on, gazelle, looking good. Petra called out beside me. I smiled. Giselle was in a group of four that brought up the rear. Her eyes were a little wild, as if the amount of race still left to go was setting in. Come on, Giselle. Come on, Kana, I added to our other runner in the pack. You two push up to the front here. Give yourselves some distance, I called out as they passed. I figured Hannah might listen to me. I didn't know about Giselle. After they passed, I looked back at Petra. She seemed more relaxed. "'You do come on strong, don't you?' she asked, almost amused. "'Thank you, but for the record, a bet's a bet.' "'Where and when?' my grin was probably pathetically, like an eager puppy. "'I have no idea.' "'We will ask the puppet master once she wins this race.' Bridget did not win the race. The girl in the glasses was apparently all New England, or some shit, and won by seventy meters. Bridget was pissed to lose her last race in high school. She was taking it out on Peter during the GV race, yelling at him like a drill sergeant. After half the race, Peter seemed driven less by a desire to win than a desire to go fast to get away from Bridget. After he passed by, Petra leaned over to Bridget and said, Relax, girl, I know you are pissed, but leave the kid alone. Besides, later you and I can suck Alistair's cock together and that will make you feel better, I expect. Bridget looked at the two of us, especially Petra. So we are, in fact, doing this. A bet's a bet, Petra said firmly, with a sideways glance at me. I was just looking at Petra like she had grown a second head a few seconds ago. I was fretting during the race, watching you guys talk so intently, Bridget said. I was worried that Alistair was going to manage to talk you out of it. Talk me out of it, Petra asked. It's his thing, Bridget said. He finds something he really, really wants, then spends forever trying to talk whatever girl is involved out of doing it. What? Why? Because, Bridget said, staring at me. He's crazy, and spontaneous, and terrified of ever making a girl unhappy. After the movie, it was an unusual group in our favourite back booth, at the tuck. Beth was sitting on one side with Ben, who wore the slightly goofy expression of a guy who is pretty sure he's going to get lucky again tonight, and still isn't used to the concept. When we first got there to join them, Petra sat on the inside on our side, with Bridget in between her and me, which made sense, as far as I was concerned. I may have won the bet, but Bridget was the apex of this triangle. However, in less than five minutes, Bridget took off for the restroom, and when she came back, she had shoved me into the middle. I did not mind but she was still the focal point, and I wasn't letting that go. Ben and I, whatever sex, drenched thoughts may have been in the backs of our minds, were in a knock, down drag, out over the Braves versus the Mets, who had just split their first series of the season. This was an important debate. The Mets suck, and Ben needed to acknowledge that fact. Oddly, He felt that fact that the Mets were two games ahead was in some way relevant. What are you laughing at, Petra? asked Ben, who was still a little confused about her sudden appearance in our midst. He looked like he was watching his first lesbian date when we first sat down, but when I was shifted between Petra and Bridget, he was just utterly confused. It wasn't a hostile question to Petra, and I was actually wondering what her issue was too. You guys are just so cute. Petra said. You, she said pointing at Ben, have a bullpen made up of spare parts and chewing gum. You, she then said to me, elbowing mine my side, strike out as a team more than three times more per game than the league average, and I asked her archly, and my fillies get Macpherson back next week, and Julio in early June. Once they slot back into the lineup, both your teams will be left just hoping for a wild card spot. I swear my dick twitched when I realised that Petra actually knew baseball. Here I was, sitting mashed up against a hot, big curious lesbian who it turned out had read Moneyball. Twice, and it seemed that she was quite bi-curious. My dick twitched a lot more when I felt her hand start stroking the inside of my thigh under the table. Our conversation was soon tangled up in the endless debate of slugging versus op. I quickly realised, however... That we had completely left Bridget and Beth out, since neither, in one of the few faults that they shared, gave two shits about America's pastime. I took a quick look at each of them and saw them staring at each other silently, like two gunfighters waiting for the other to make a move. I cocked an eyebrow in inquiry toward Beth. She just winked at me evilly. Bridget leaned forward in the booth beside me toward Beth. This hid what her hand could do, under the table and I now had a second hand kneading my other inner thigh. After a moment, I felt Bridget's fingers brush Petra's. She shot a quiet look over her shoulder, then returned to her stare, down with Beth. However, under the table, she grabbed Petra's hand and moved it up to place it firmly on my suddenly hardening lap, Petra continued to smoothly argue with Ben about the filly's own bullpen problems while she seemed to happily massage my cock through my pants. This was the greatest baseball bull session I'd ever been a part of. Suddenly, Beth slammed her fist down on the table between her and Bridget. Bridget stared at it, then extended her own fist. They were playing rock, paper, scissors, and I was dawningly aware that it was bad that Beth won the first round. I realized what was happening when Beth won again and hissed a quiet yeses while pumping her fist. Hey, Ben, Beth said. Walk me over to the art room. She slid out of the booth, and it took Ben almost three, quarters of a second to realize what was up and bail from our conversation. The two ambled off at a hell of a fast pace. Out of the tuck, huh, Petra said. Did you guys happen to know that those two are doing each other? That's quite the deduction, Bridget said, sliding out of my side of the booth and shifting to the other bench to face Petra and me. I was fine with the shift, but less so with the fact that Petra removed her hand from my lap, where she had been idly exploring what she probably thought was my full erection. Mind telling us why you think that, Bridget asked. Please. Beth wins a Rochambeau battle with you over something, and practically drags Ben out of here. Ben, a baseball stat, head, abandons a perfectly entertaining conversation instantly, and takes off after her like only a guy who is about to get laid would do. I take it that I am right. Yes, I sighed, unfortunately. What? I thought they were both your friends, Petra said uneasily. They are, Bridget said, Alistair put them together. I may have helped. Shut up, Alistair. Petra, we are unhappy because those two just left to occupy the best place any of us know of on campus for a little sound. Proof privacy. Leaving us with a big problem, I sighed. I took a risk and lightly stroked the outside of Petra's leg, down by the knee. She just as wordlessly took my hand and slid it up on top of her thigh. Petra just shrugged. Fall out shelter she suggested, as if that was in any way a reasonable thing for someone to say. There's a bomb shelter here, I asked, amazed. We have been here two years longer than you, Bridget said. Where did you find a fallout shelter? I'm guessing that you two are interested in going there. I had my hand on Petra's bare knee, and Bridget's foot was running up and down my calf. I am interested in exploring this place, right now i said firmly we all chuckled and slid out of the tuck petra led us through the basement and right to the door to the substage of the auditorium where we had all just watched the movie earlier this is the substage i said disappointed people come down here all the time petra just smiled and walked over to the wardrobe cases she tugged the middle one out and slid behind There was a heavy metal door behind it. It had a faded yellow radiation symbol stenciled on it. Well, shit, I turned the knob. It did not move. It's locked. I complained. Just pull, Petra sighed and pressed against me to open the door. We all slid in, tugging the wardrobe almost back into place behind us. There were four light fixtures inside, one of which had a working bulb. The dark underground space had surprisingly fresh air. There were benches and dusty boxes everywhere. We stared around in silence for a moment. I think, Bridget said slyly, at some point, tonight, we are going to need to role-play a little nuclear war is over. Time to repopulate the species situation. My male instinct thought that was a fabulous idea, but I was still concerned about Petra, even though she was motivated enough to show us this place. That confused me, and confusion worried me. I turned to Petra. "'Look, I know you seem relaxed now and all, but I still want to make sure you are going to be okay,' Petra traded looks with Bridget. "'I mean,' I blurted on. "'I guess I mean that experimenting with a guy must be weird for a lesbian, and Petra shut me up by kissing me. I realized that she really knew how to kiss when my toes decided to bunch up inside my shoes. Her tongue delicately snaked into my mouth, and gently caressed my lips i figured that one thing that everybody did was french then i felt her hand rub down the front of my pants again she broke the kiss and smiled at me you are being really sweet alistair but i am not a lesbian what i i thought i i thought everybody yeah petra said in sour amusement everybody thinks look i only transferred here last year just like beth I didn't really look for any guys here, since I still had two sort of boyfriends at home. I lost a year of school to kicking cancer's ass when I was ten, so I'm a year older than all you guys and was already eighteen, when I came here as a junior. In the spring last year, I finally went out with a guy. I fully expected to have sex with him, but in the end he made some moves that made me decide not to, and I made that decision at a very late point in the proceedings, which I can see was a bit frustrating for. Him. He didn't take his blue balls well and decided to tell everybody that I was a lesbian. I think he probably believed it. You didn't just tell people you were not, I asked, puzzled. I didn't know, Petra laughed. I wasn't really looking for dates and the story spread so fast. Everybody believed it in days. The funny thing is, I'm pretty sure everybody was bending over so far backward to be accepting of my sexual orientation. They didn't want to say anything to me about it. I went almost six months off. School time, not knowing I was the official semi-closeted lesbian around here. She laughed at the whole situation, and I was surprised to hear that she didn't sound bitter. I thought that she should have been pissed. I was pissed. Who was it? I asked intently. Don't tell him. Bridget said quickly. What? Petra asked. Who was it? I ground out again. Carla told me about this, Bridget said to Petra, as if I wasn't there. Cool as all the girls I knew were, they did tend to still treat me, sometimes like a pet or piece of furniture. Look at him. He's ready to go kick that guy's ass right now. She said it was kind of hot. Petra was looking at me. I was irritated both because they were examining me like a lab experiment and because I still hadn't gotten an answer. Relax, Alistair. He graduated last year, Petra said. She shrugged. I relaxed. A little. Bridget was not wrong. I needed to work on filtering the male instinct in this area too, or I'd get my still fairly scrawny ass kicked thoroughly at some point. Petra seemed to feel that a change of subject was in order though I was still curious about a lot. "'Isn't this cool down here?' she said, waving around. "'It was dark and plenty creepy, if you ask me. "'I imagined a couple hundred kids and faculty "'trying to cram in here to hide from nuclear bombs. "'I shuddered at the scenario and shuddered at the scenario "'and shuddered more at the cramped conditions I imagined. "'I hope there are more of these around campus,' I said." you would never fit all of the school in here. We wandered around for a bit. There were containers of water that were fifty years old, and empty. We joked about how ridiculous the plastic toilet seats were, that looked like they fitted on the water containers so you could refill them after emptying. I think we were all kind of delaying what we came down there for, much as we wanted to proceed. I looked up from a scary-looking electrical panel to see Bridget and Petra "'examining the stack of boxes, labelled rations. "'If we opened one, would it be edible or sawdust? "'Or crawling with worms?' Bridget asked. "'I looked back at the two of them. "'Right now, dressed in their usual ways, "'Petra actually looked hotter than Bridget. "'I seriously doubted that. "'But even if Petra was just as hot naked as Bridget was, "'I might well die tonight.' "'Worth it. Look, you two, I said walking part way over to them. I, uh, I think we are kind of temporizing here. At least I am. And, I just have one question. Bridget just looked at me in amused uncertainty. Petra nodded in reluctant agreement. Does anyone here, I said softly, have the slightest fucking clue about how we are supposed to begin? We all three burst out laughing. It's kind of been eating at me too, said Bridget. I mean, do we? Yeah, Petra said marginally more seriously. I mean, I have some very specific ideas about what I want to do here. I've had them percolating in my head since Bridget came to me with the idea that you could be the solution to our problem, your problem, I asked. I only found out that I was a lesbian, Petra said firmly, making air quotes with her fingers, when Bridget here came up all sweet and tentative and asked me out last November, Petra said firmly. I looked at Bridget. We all thought that Petra asked you, she shrugged, and I thought that it was amusing that you assumed that. Listen, Petra said, letting her hand trail down my arm. Given the fairly sparse things Bridget has said about you, I'm more than horny enough to look forward to seeing what you can do to and for me. She actually popped up on tiptoe to kiss me again, lightly. The person I'm scared to death of is Bridget. Now my head hurt. Wait. You say you are straight, I said to Petra, and I know pretty fucking intimately that you are at least mostly straight, I said to Bridget. But I thought you guys have gone out off and on since before Christmas. Were you just hanging out, or were you fooling around? You know how curious I am, Alistair, Bridget said. I decided I was curious about girls. Petra is cool and pretty, and I thought she was a lesbian. So I asked her out, She was the first person here in forever to even seem interested in asking me out, so I didn't shoot her down. Then I thought about it, and, well, Bridget made me a little curious too. The two looked at each other. But we've been together three times. We've started to make out three times. But we keep chickening out, Petra said peevishly. We have gone out three times with the open intent to explore each other's bodies, and I still have no idea what any part of Bridget feels or even looks like naked. Well, you are in for a treat there, I said, jerking my thumb at Bridget, who smacked me. Petra looked at Bridget for more than just a moment, biting her lip a little. Thought so, she murmured. We were kind of stuck, Bridget added. We both were convinced that we wanted to experiment, but both kept being chicken then you and I started joking about another bet. Bridge it up and tells me that she has the world's greatest, coolest fuck-buddy, Petra grinned, and then suggested that sharing you might be a good, um, lubricant. Good thing I won the race then, isn't it? I grinned, letting my enthusiasm begin to show. Oh, honey, said Petra, interrupting herself with a kiss on my lips. Once the idea was firmly in my mind, you could have come in last. Bridget leaned her face in right next to ours. She put a finger under my chin and firmly turned my face to her. She kissed me too for a moment. I think maybe we have figured out how to get started, I breathed. Bridget grabbed my polo shirt and tugged it upward and off over my head. She started to fold it up and idly told Petra, ''Get his pants.'' Petra just grinned at how fast Bridget wanted to go suddenly. I had certainly been hoping how this evening would go, and had chosen to wear a baggy pair of elastic waist tennis shorts over a pair of new from the package underwear. Petra slid both her hands down over my pecs, across my stomach, and grabbed the waistbands of both my shorts and underwear. With a tug, she started to slide them down my legs. "'My cock!' which was attempting to outdo itself in the size and hardness categories in response to the situation, popped free and waved around. Petra caught her breath. By caught her breath, I mean she inhaled loudly and froze, not exhaling. When she finally blew out her lungs' worth of air, she tore her eyes from me and glared at Bridget. You left out this, out of all the details you told me. Bridget, who had stood back deliberately, just smiled. You were easy enough to convince without it, so I wanted you to have the full Alistair experience with the reveal. Thanks, Petra said dubiously. Almost involuntarily, she reached out a hand and touched me. I made a happy noise, and she started stroking me softly with her open hand. The fact that Bridget had as much fun with the first time seeing my cock reaction made it even better. Never gonna get old? Bridget stepped back up to us and knelt on one knee, kissing my tip. I shuddered. Petra squatted down on her own haunches and leaned in to lick me. She murmured approval as I saw her taste, the drop of lubricant that was already working its way out of the end of my cock. "'Wait till you taste the main event,' Bridget said to Petra. Petra turned back to her and said, "'At least I know your mouth tastes good too. With that, the two of them started kissing,' right down there before me. That far, they had definitely gotten on their own, and man, was it hot. I kinda wanted to take my cock from the grip Petra still had on it and rub my tip over both their faces as they kissed, but I thought it might not be a good idea. Yet. Instead, I just watched. After a long erotic exchange, Bridget at last, tore her lips from Petra's and turned to swallow an inch or three of me into her mouth. I groaned. She knew exactly how to torment me with her tongue, but she quickly pulled her mouth free of me with an audible pop and tilted me back toward Petra. Our new partner took me in her hand and began to treat me like a lollipop, caressing my with long drags of her tongue. When she at last took a bit more than my tip into her mouth, Bridget leaned down and kissed the side of my shaft, then ran her lips up and down it. After a moment, after a moment of Petra softly, shallowly bobbing on me, she released me from her mouth and kissed her way back down my length. Bridget promptly licked her way back up me, their tongues tangling gently as they passed, and sucked me into her mouth again. That only lasted a moment when, to my very temporary chagrin, they both stopped. Kiss me. Petra said to Bridget, pressing her mouth right against the swollen purple head of my manhood. Bridget smirked and almost instantly lowered her head and pressed her lips back against Petra's, with my helmet trapped between them. I shuddered as the two girls' tongues tried to seek each other out, but were blocked by the throbbing head of my penis. I could not help myself and rocked my hips, sliding my cock at an angle into Petra's mouth. Neither of them moved from their positions. I began to fuck Petra's mouth tentatively, and I could feel and see Bridget's lips caressing me as I slid past them. This was fucking amazing. I did not want to come anywhere near Petra's gag reflex like this. So I pulled almost entirely free, letting them both lock their lips around me again, then rocked my hips slightly in the other direction and slid into Bridget's mouth. Petra seemed eager to roll with this, and pressed the length of her tongue along the side of my slowly thrusting cock. I trusted myself to drive a little deeper, a little faster, into Bridget's mouth. I'd been there before. Oh, cripes, please stop, I said after a little more of this, reaching down and gently pushing both of their heads back from me. You don't hear that from a guy often, Petra quipped. Stand up, I said, experimenting with my assertive voice to see how Petra reacted and how Bridget reacted, and how Bridget reacted in this circumstance. It's kind of embarrassing to be standing here in a dungeon, bare, as naked, while you two still have all your clothes on. Bridget started to rise, but Petra held her back. I kind of like it like this. With you embarrassed, Petra said challengingly. Oh, so we were going to play this way. Get, up I said in a firmer tone, with exaggerated reasonableness. I can think of all sorts of ways for the two of you to embarrass me, once I've taken your clothes off. Hum, Petra said. She clearly liked games. A nice gambit, but I still have some ideas about making you uncomfortable, just like this. How about we compromise? I smiled. Stand up, instigator, I said to Bridget, even more assertively. The whole dominance thing was pretty much Carla's and my game, though I'd toyed with it with Beth as a reversal of our usual roles. I reached down and pulled Bridget to her feet by her arm. Then I kissed her, very, very hard. My hands roamed her body, and I moved to suck on her earlobe as I tugged at the waist of the sweatpants she had changed into after her post-meat shower. Whatever she had used to get herself clean was new, and I liked it, inhaling the aroma. I slid my hands inside her sweats, searching for what she wore underneath, so I could peel them down as one. I stopped briefly. Well, take a look, Petra, I said, gesturing to her to rise. Your little date here was naughty, and decided to skip any panties tonight. I peeled down the back of Bridget's pants, enough to show off her tasty and fully naked ass. Then I pulled them back into place and spun her around. I'm going to strip Bridget for you, I told Petra. I put my arms around Bridget from behind, embracing her, and macing her, and nuzzling her neck, my cock pressing against the small of her back. Bridget said nothing, uncharacteristically, and simply shivered. I could tell she was staring at Petra. Petra, Petra, for her part, also was wordless, but she stood up in turn and leaned back against a stack of supplies, staring at us, both with hunger, curiosity, and a little fear in her blue eyes. I slid my hands up Bridget's chest and filled my hands with her breasts. I did love doing that. But I didn't do it for long. We had an audience. I grabbed the sides of her trademark sweatshirt, this one with a picture of Gandalf on the front, and tugged upwards. She raised her arms in total cooperation, and I pulled it off over her head. My hands immediately went back to her breasts, which now were covered only by a flimsier-than-usual bra that let her generous breasts Sag more than usual. Thankfully, it unhooked in front. As I let the straps of the bra slide off Bridget's shoulders, her breasts were free. Wow, Bridget, Petra said softly. Those are impressive. My face was still buried in Bridget's neck, and I felt her cheeks flush against my forehead. Thank you. But do they turn you on? Bridget sighed. Yes, Petra said, or maybe... Maybe it is just so hot watching Alistair tease your nipples like that. Tug on them, Alistair, so Petra liked nipple tugging. I filed that away for later use. I did not play or tug long. I slid my hands lower and pushed down on Bridget's plain green sweatpants. The elastic slid over her hips and they dropped to the floor. Bridget stood before Petra, naked in my arms. I let my fingers play down her belly until they idly brushed the red tangle of her pussy. I told you she was hot when naked, didn't I, Petra? I asked. Do you like it? Petra nodded, unable to keep her eyes off Bridget. I toyed with Bridget, just a little longer, enough to get a shiver or two more out of her. I let my hands free themselves reluctantly from Bridget's lovely bits, and she shook herself. Petra's turn. I said hungrily. Petra looked just momentarily apprehensive, but she smiled and pressed her back against the boxes as if trapped, turning her hesitation into coyness. I stepped over toward her and she held my eyes, but I didn't touch her. I just leaned my shoulder against the wall of boxes, about a foot or so beside her, then broke our gaze. I gestured to the naked Bridget. You're up, I said, gesturing to Petra. They both looked at me in shock again. Me, blurted Bridget, as if trapped. But, um, but you are so good at it, she said in excuse, but still unconsciously caressing herself in memory of my stripping her. Thank you, I chuckled. I try. But this is your gig, Bridget. This is your threesome, not mine. She looked at me like I was speaking in tongues. I'm serious. You are the player character here. Petra and I are the Nempiques, the supporting characters, I said in explanation to Petra. Wait, you guys play Dard? Petra asked. You play Dade? replied Bridget, equally surprised. You didn't tell her we played Dade, I asked Bridget, almost accusingly. I was trying. It didn't come up, she said, defensively. When do you? Petra started to ask, but I cut her off as firmly as I could. We are not getting sidetracked, At this moment, by whether or not Petra is going to join our campaign, with only a couple weeks left. She is totally going to join us. There it is settled. Now we can get on with Bridget taking all of Petra's clothes off so we can see that banging body she has under. There. I gestured again to Bridget, half impatient, half reassuring. She slowly stepped up in front of Petra and raised her hands hesitantly. Petra froze but could not keep her eyes for staring into Bridget's. Taking a deep breath, Bridget leaned forward and kissed Petra, hesitantly, then a little more enthusiastically. Her hand strayed up to caress one of Petra's breasts through the t-shirt. It seemed like this was as far as they had managed on their own, and they felt safe with it, and they just kept at that. No, not going to let them stall again. I reached out and softly ran my hand down Bridget's bare backside squeezing lightly when I cupped the bottom. I wanted to issue instructions, but I also didn't. Hopefully, a little stimulation would prod Bridget. Promisingly, she didn't turn her gaze to me. What she did do was tug Petra's shirt tail from her jeans and slide her hand up underneath the shirt. Petra hissed at this minor escalation. I could see Bridget's hand brush over the breast underneath, then caress it eagerly. Bridget pulled her head away from Petra's and murmured, Fancy bra. Petra smiled a little, eyes still on Bridget. I thought I'd dress for the occasion. Think Alistair will like it. I was pretty sure I would, and was ready to find out. He probably would, Bridget said smoothly, sliding her hands between Petra's breasts. I heard a little click, and she had the front catch open. But I think you should save this little beauty, for if and when you decide to be with him again later... Her hand now worked over a bare breast, still underneath the shirt. Again, Petra said. Both her eyes and Bridget's were wild with excitement and uncertainty. I still don't even know if you and me is going to work. Neither do I, though I'm definitely liking it at the moment, said Bridget, sharing a brief chuckle with Petra. But I can assure you, you and him is going to work. You are going to want an again, with or without me. That was flattering, but I didn't want to say anything and break up what the two of them were going through at this delicate stage. Instead, I released my grip on Bridget's ass and slid my hand upward, dragging all four fingertips in a line up the length of her spine. Petra watched as Bridget shivered. And to that end, Bridget said, with a sudden impish smile, I'm going to take this shirt off with the bra still inside so you can save it for another time. She then pulled up the tails of the shirt, tucked them up under the bra, and tugged it off over Petra's head. My first view of Petra's breasts was with her arms stretching over her head, which is always a good look for any boobs. And these were good boobs in any posture. Bridget pulled the shirt free and balled it up with the mysterious bra still inside. My eyes actually managed to tear themselves away from Petra's breasts briefly to follow the arc as she tossed it away. Petra lowered her arms, visibly stopping herself from covering herself up. I slid my hand from the back of Bridget's neck around and cupped a newly exposed joy. She wasn't big, but damn, were they jiggly, while still able to hold their shape nicely. She shivered, and then shivered again more intensely as Bridget clasped the other breast in turn. Petra's skin was quite pale, with none of the odd and varied tan lines that we competitive athletes tended to sport. Look at me, calling myself a competitive athlete, but her aureoles were almost chocolate brown and stood in stark, beautiful contrast. Her nipples, if nothing else about her body, were 100% on board with what was going on. I still want to see what is so special about that bra, I said, irritated that it was distracting me. Hey, Mr. Dam, Bridget called up to the ceiling. I tell my NPC to shut up and be happy with the treasure he is getting. Your NPC shuts the fuck up, I murmured, then leaned over against the wall so I could kiss Petra. We kissed lightly, no tongue. But I suddenly felt her hand come to rest on my cock. Then I felt it tighten suddenly. When Bridget took a deep breath and bent down to kiss Petra's far nipple, Petra clutched my cock and stroked it. I broke our kiss so I could look down and watch as Bridget sucked gently on Petra's dark nipple. I bent my knees a little so that I could suck on the nipple next to me as well. That meant my cock slipped from Petra's grasp, but it was worth it when she stiffened and moaned. "'Oh, shit! That's amazing!' at the sensation of two mouths suckling on her at once. I was still enjoying myself when Bridget straightened and gently pushed me free. Not away, just free. Time to get her naked, don't you think? Bridget asked me slyly, pointedly not asking Petra's point of view. Absolutely, I replied. I wanted to help, but I forced myself to lean back against the boxes and crossed my arms. Petra pulled Bridget toward her and kissed her again, but Bridget reached between them and grabbed at the top of her jeans. They were button, fly, and when she gave a strong tug, we all heard five little soft pops in a row and the jeans spread open, still kissing. Now with a visible involvement of tongues, Bridget ran her hands softly over Petra's thighs and then pushed the jeans down and off her hips. They were pretty tight and the two of them had to work to get them to her ankles without breaking their kiss. Something neither wanted to let happen. Underneath, Petra was wearing a tiny red thong. My eyes went wide. It might seem strange, but for all that had happened in the spring, I had yet to see a girl actually wearing one. I decided at that very moment that I was going to start buying them as gifts. I slid my hand up against the wall once more. This time, sliding it up between Petra and the boxes to caress a warm, soft ass that was utterly bare, despite still sporting underwear. I squeezed happily. I was definitely buying everybody thongs. Bridget was less enchanted with the thong and grabbed the front. She tugged and pulled. The string in back popped free from Petra's clenched cheeks, and it was quickly on the floor with all the rest of our clothes. I was desperately curious to see what was going on under the thong, but I waited a moment. When Bridget leaned in to kiss Petra again, I followed, nibbling on her earlobe gently. Then I reached over and caressed her tummy, which was rounded gently and smoothly. Then my fingers stole lower. Petra squirmed under our dual attention. Bridget was still monopolizing her mouth and had her hands back on Petra's breasts, What I found atop Petra's crotch was a thin strip of hair, rising up a few inches above the top of her slit, curly and thick, and nothing else below. She quivered as my fingers explored down, tracing the smooth skin folding over her sex. Moisture seeped out along her slit. I nibbled just a bit harder on her long earlobe and stroked her along her length. Then I pressed a finger inward. Then I pressed a finger inward, There might have been just a trace of Petra's fluids leaking up onto the surface of her groin, but she was like the sea inside. My finger met her warm, sodden embrace and slid down deep. Petra moaned loudly, despite Bridget's mouth covering hers. I probed again. Bridget reached down between us and found my finger impaling Petra. Her hand caressed mine, then suddenly grasped it and pulled me firmly free. You need to feel his tongue, Bridget said. You told me. That, Petra panted. But I didn't move and just smiled at Bridget. I lifted my hand, middle finger dripping with Petra's juices. I reached for Bridget and stroked that wet finger over her lips. Bridget actually flinched in response. I brushed that finger under her nose and over her lips a second time. Bridget didn't move. The third time. I left my finger on her lips and pushed. In an enthralling mixture of anticipation, reluctance, and curiosity, Bridget let her lips part and I slid my wet, flavourful finger inside them. After a moment of passive acceptance, I could see and feel Bridget suck on my finger. "'Oh, fuck!' gasped Petra, watching. I pulled my finger from Bridget's mouth let it drag down her body, over her breasts, and down to between her legs. She was already wet on the outside, and my finger sunk easily inside her in turn. I pulsed the digital invader once or twice, but pulled it free again. Now I lifted my hand to Petra's mouth. She had time to know what I was doing, and found herself opening her lips before I could reach her lips. I placed the fingertip on her lips, and she sucked it into her mouth. Fucking hell, my cock was throbbing. But I had been bragged about. I had best live up to the press. I led Petra away from the wall to a high counter that looked like it had been installed to serve food over. Let me help you up, I said, and between her bending legs and my hands on her hips, we popped her up to sit on the edge easily. Petra stared down at me, and I locked my eyes on hers as I spread her knees against no opposition. Bridget moved over beside us and ruffled her fingers through my hair. I wanted to suck some more on those mesmerizing dark chocolate nipples, but Bridget suddenly tightened her grip on my hair and pushed me downward. I didn't take much convincing. I took a single knee, which put me right at eye level with my target. I opened my mouth and dragged my tongue up her bare vagina. Bridget paused, as if taken aback that I should ask the question. She paused a moment longer, then said, Yes, you do taste amazing, Petra. She did not taste as good as Jen's weirdly delicious pussy, but I was hardly going to elaborate on that under these circumstances, and I did not care, anyway. I wiggled the tip of my tongue, pressing inward. In a moment, I had her parted, and I drove inside her, now, truly basking in her flavour and aroma. I'd barely begun." I dragged my tongue back and forth, ploughing her labia with it, but always stoping before I got to her clit. After a bit, I pulled my tongue free entirely and began to kiss my way along the insides of her thighs, then up above her pussy. I nuzzled at her little strip of hair, a darker shade of brown than that atop her head. Even when Petra started getting vocal about my getting on with it, I just smiled and kept nuzzling around her. Bridget suckled on her breast for a bit, which did nothing for Petra's impatience. Finally, I relented and lowered my head once more to work my tongue inside her again. I slid the tongue firmly upward and let myself bump over her clitoris for the first time. She hissed in response. Then I paused again. I didn't pause to further tease Petra. I paused because Bridget had gotten down on her hands and knees, and had slid the head of my cock deeply into her mouth. She started sucking on me hard, bobbing ever so slightly, and stroking my balls with her fingertips. It was my turn to moan happily, the vibrations of which, moving through my tongue, seemed to make Petra happy. We went on like that for a good bit, my tongue tormenting Petra's pussy, while Bridget sucked on me in her expert way. After a bit, it seemed to register in Petra's consciousness what Bridget was up to, and she burst out laughing. Oh my fucking god, Bridget, he! Oh, oh, he makes things happen, doesn't he? She gasped. (laughs) Thwa, said Bridget, popping her mouth from my cock. What do you mean? She sucked me right back in. During your race, this after... Ah, oh wow, Petra aid, interrupted... As I put my lips around her clit and sucked hard. Afternoon, Alistair. Ooh, ooh, flat out described this MR. Exact situation. I chuckled against Petra's crotch. I had, hadn't I? But the problem was, I had not projected the effects of fucking two mouths in rapid succession. Then all this other wonderful play... Then Bridget, being suddenly very committed to what she was doing. Oh, God, I'm gonna come, I gasped. Wait, what? Petra objected, grasping for focus. Bridget, Bridget, let me slip from her lips, but kept jacking my shaft furiously. He has plenty, she said dismissively. The rest are yours. This first one is mine. Then she licked my head lavishly and sucked me back in never slowing the relentless pumping on my shaft. I dove my face back between Petra's legs and practically attacked her clit. She almost rolled off the back of the counter in loud reaction. Here came the scream I had promised. And here came the spume from me. My hands flew to the sides of Bridget's head, and I was barely able to prevent myself from just jamming my cock in and choking her. My head swelled, as did my balls, and I shuddered with the release, Bridget choked anyway, on the velocity and volume I put into that first orgasm. There were no waves or ropes, this was a single powerful rush of jizz coursing into Bridget's mouth. I may have ejaculated that much onto Bridget's mouth before, but never in a single rush like that. When she choked on my production, I felt stuff leaking out of her mouth, around her lips. Holy Thyet! I heard her say. Mouth still a little full as she leaned back from my suddenly exhausted cock. Petra's first orgasm has mostly subsided, and I lifted my mouth for air. Bridget stood up shakily. I saw her lift a finger to wipe her chin, but she stopped. She turned and looked at Petra. Weddy, she asked, sticking out her tongue. Stuff still on it. With that, she grabbed Petra's chin in both hands and kissed her. Petra's eyes widened and she struggled in shock for a moment. I waited until the first moment I saw her relax and start kissing back, then I dove back between her legs again. This time, I snaked a finger up inside her and curled it upward, seeking that special spot. My lips again wrapped around her clit, and I probed at it with my tongue. It could not have been more than three seconds after I got into this, that Petra started to come again. She bucked against my face and shoved Bridget away so she could utter some kind of loud, guttural moan that undulated with the bucking of her hips. Her hands batted at me, feebly at first, then with increasing insistence, until she had pushed both my face and my hand free from her. Sweet fuck, she gasped. My knee hurt, so I stood. I also figured that she was not letting my face back anywhere near her pussy, For at least a little while. Oh wow, Petra gasped, still panting. I'll admit, I was still little wobbly myself. You, you told me, Bridget. You told me, and I thought I believed it. But wow, I am beginning to believe that my ego is like a coy fish. It takes whatever you feed it and just keeps getting larger. Bridget and Petra kissed a little more, but I wanted some. I cupped Bridget's chin and turned her toward me. I devoured her mouth, deriving my tongue deep inside. She still tasted little salty. Foo, fuck, Petra gasped. You just came in her mouth and you are kissing her. Bridget broke our kiss. I know, isn't he fabulous? I still don't get that compliment, but my ego just feasted on it as well. The three of us just stood there. Well, Petra sat there on the counter at first, before sliding down to stand with us. Hands roamed everywhere on everyone. Nobody spoke for a bit, as we just enjoyed each other's naked. Company while the after, shudders ran through Petra and me. When Petra stopped vibrating, I turned to Bridget. Your turn, I breathed. Oh yeah, Petra said enthusiastically. I want to watch this. Oh no, I said. You want to do this. There was what you call a pregnant pause there. Both girls' eyes widened. They looked at each other. They looked at me. I just smiled blandly. Inside I was about to free out. This was it. Their decision in the next few seconds would make different between this being simply amazing or super, incredibly, mind-blowingly amazing. Were they going to satisfy that curiosity or not? When they didn't move, I gently took Bridget by the hand and led her to the end of a bench, about four feet away. She went with me, still looking at Petra, who hesitated. The look that they exchanged was a bit like that between a lamb and a wolf in adjacent enclosures. Though it was not clear who was the lamb, and who was the lamb, and who was the wolf, or were they both lambs, or wolves, Bridget sat on the end of the bench, eyes still on Petra. You realize, Petra said slowly, staring at the scrumptious package of girl that sat on the end of that bench, that I would never have even conceived of doing this if that douche hadn't told everyone I was a lesbian. Probably, I said, if I ever meet him, maybe I should thank him, after I beat him up. Another second dragged by, and Bridget asked quietly, am I going to thank him? I, I don't. We wanted to do this so we'd know, didn't we? Petra asked. I stood well away and watched. Petra placed her hands on Bridget's knees, which were still pressed together, but lightly. Bridget let them part slowly, and Petra leaned in. I watched as she hesitantly extended her tongue towards Bridget's fiery curls. Wait, I said softly. I stepped over and leaned down, one hand resting gently on Bridget's shoulder. Don't dive right in, I said to Petra. You gotta explore around the neighbourhood first. Her thighs, her belly, maybe her hips. You have to make her want it first. Do you want this? Petra asked Bridget soberly. I didn't let her answer. I didn't say, Make her tell you that she wants it. I said, Make her want it. With that, I put my hand on the back of Petra's head and guided it down against the graceful inner curves of Bridget's thigh. Petra kissed the soft skin, then licked it a little. I released my hand and let her go. That's it, I said softly. You know what she wants better than I do. In theory, you should be much better at this than I. Bridget snorted, though her eyes remained riveted and wild, eyes fascination on the girl that had her face between her legs. In theory, then, you should suck cock better than me, she retorted. In theory, I guess so, I laughed, except I'd run screaming from the room first. I'm enjoying. Ah, Bridget gasped. Petra had just summoned the courage to actually tongue her pussy. I'm really starting to enjoy this curiosity experiment. Oh, yeah, 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 Petra. That is very nice, she interrupted herself again. Maybe you should try this sort of thing for yourself, Alistair. Thanks, Beth. I'll pass, I said dryly. I am sure that Bridget had more ways to tease me about my somewhat over-the-top heterosexuality. But fortunately, for me, Petra was starting to really figure things out. Bridget rolled her head back and moaned loudly. Petra's mouth was wide open and pressed against that red, curly hair. I could not see what she was doing with her tongue exactly, but I had a good idea. That view, and Bridget's increasingly voluble sounds, had me once again hardening, despite how massively Bridget had gotten me off just a few minutes before. Despite Bridget's soaring arousal, my friend noticed my hardening cock and reached out. She grabbed me and started pumping eagerly. I was so fucking hard, and in just seconds, Petra, Bridget, gasped. Look at me, she demanded, never letting her soft stroke of my dick slow. Petra looked upward at Bridget, not quite letting her tongue break contact. Alistair is going to fuck you now, okay? My eyes shot up at that not because it hadn't occurred to me. It had, in fact, just been running through my mind. But I was surprised anyone else was interested. Was Petra? Petra. Petra just bent back and drew another moan from Bridget. Then she waggled her hips invitingly. I did not need two invitations like that. I stepped over almost comically fast and slid to my knees behind Petra. Then I paused. Are we all protected? Petra. I asked seriously, really, really hoping for a yes. She's on the pill, Bridget snapped, not interested in Petra, pausing what she was doing to answer questions. Petra, I repeated, Petra, I repeated, Petra was also uninterested by now in pausing her efforts with Bridget either, but I did see her nod. I used a knee to push one of Petra's to the side. She shifted to give me plenty of room, and I knelt between her calves. I took my cock in my hand and guided it against her sex. She was thoroughly wet and still lightly loosened by all my oral attentions earlier. My tip slid in softly. Her insides quivered and clenched. I pressed in further, but it was not easy. It wasn't resistance. I was fighting. It was anticipation. I ran my hands across her soft round ass, then grabbed her hips and used them to help me sink in deeper. I could have stuck it all the way in easily, of course.' A quick, hard thrust, and wet as she was, I'd have slid home smoothly. I only met such resistance because I was going slowly. And I really intended to move slowly. Petra did pause what she was doing to Bridget as I worked my way into her. Gasping with each inch, I slipped further in. Bridget did not seem to mind, because her gaze was glued to my cock as it disappeared within her body. At last. I sighed as my belly pressed hard into the soft flesh of Petra's ass. I panted a little. Actually, Petra did too. Bridget just seemed to wake up from her trance and pulled Petra's head against her, against her, against her again. I began to thrust slowly in and out of Petra. I wanted to do this easily, languidly, while I watched her eat Bridget. Yeah, about that. The amazing feeling of driving into Petra's unfamiliar but very inviting pussy, combined with the sight of the nearly blonde short hair on her head, writhing between Bridget's legs, the noises Bridget was making increasingly loudly, and the whole miraculous situation had me hammering into Petra in the whole miraculous situation had me hammering into Petra. Less than ten strokes. Bridget was going nuts. I was feeling like the king of the world. But while I could see that Petra was enjoying herself immensely, I wasn't hitting all the spots perfectly. I shifted my knees and tilted my hips. Then I tried tugging backward on her hips, spreading her legs slightly. I found the right angle at last. My pounding cock was now sliding along that just right spot I had found earlier with my fingers. There was no way we were all going to come at the same time, I thought but wouldn't it be glorious? Bridget came first, of course. She had been on the receiving end for longest, and hadn't already come at all. She tried to resist. I could tell the signs of that, but she finally threw back her head and cried out a low, weirdly despairing, sounding moan of ecstasy. Petra backed off and looked up at Bridget, as if in awe that she had brought that on. But then, after I slammed into her a few more times, She bent back down to Bridget's snatch again. Bridget gasped, tossed her big pile of red curls, and tried to push Petra away. Petra was having none of that and stayed in there. Bridget gave up and slumped back on the bench, moaning once more. That did it. I was toast after that show. I'm going to come in you, Petra, I grunted. She made no protest, only pressing her hips back against me firmly. I'm going to this was no huge flood like before this time i jerked repeatedly like a doll being shaken as i felt myself pulse into petra in two three four glorious bursts each one a spike of pleasure driving up between my legs i thrust again trying to bring petra with me thankfully she followed her body shuddered and her head rose from bridget's snatch to babble my name bridget's name and something about rounding third and heading for home. I had never had a girl invoke Joe Nuxall in the middle of sex. God, I love baseball. I clung to her hips, keeping myself rammed fully into her, fighting my own, wildly overstimulated urge to pull out. I wanted to be in there when Petra finished Bridget, and that she did, catching her breath and diving back down. Bridget had been on the edge before our show, and she just fucking screamed immediately. She slumped. Petra slumped. I collapsed backward, cock sliding free, and sat on the dingy carpet. After a moment, I struggled up and staggered over to the bench where Bridget lay. I sat down heavily, right by her head. I let a hand idly trail down and fondle her breast idly. Petra, I gasped. Did you seriously just quote the late Joe Nuxle while orgasming? Huh? What? Petra asked, still confused about which way was up. Yeah, she said, shaking her head. Red's announcer, the old left-hander, Christ, you talk baseball when coming. How the fuck are the rest of us going to compete with that? Bridget moaned in mocking despair. Petra struggled up to her knees again. She draped her arms over each of Bridget's still-spread legs and kissed a thigh. Once she had righted herself, she asked her question. Wait, the rest of us. How many girls is he fucking? Wait a second. Was now really the best time to... Oh, let's see, Bridget said airily, waving her hand around above her dismissively. There's the prom queen and the twins back in his hometown. Really? Twins? Petra asked. She was student body vice president. Not prom queen, I corrected automatically. What I should have done was stop her from talking. I was close enough to have kissed her. And then here there is me, of course. Carla Beth, another girl I'm not supposed to know the name of. And now you. We put demands on his time. Petra just stared at Bridget. Then she stared at me. Bridget heaved a deep breath. He once tried, unsuccessfully, to get Beth and Carla to do a threesome with him. He said it would save him some time in his social schedule. Bridget! I wailed. Petra opened her mouth, then closed it, then opened it. She was doing a real good fish impression, then she swallowed. Well, she said, grinning evilly. Good thing he saved the best for last. Whoever said you were going to be last, Bridget laughed throatily.